I'm Gabriel Spitzer, and this is Transmission. Who's the man? Who's the man? So picture a bald, heavily tattooed guy, salt and pepper beard down to his sternum. He's in the car wearing a bright blue face mask with the logo for Sound Health. I got this. Sound over me. Yes. This is Gino Yevjevich. He's visiting his clients, all adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Hi, Jan. There you go. I do it, Jan. I got my phone. I got my phone. For this episode, we're going to focus on how the pandemic is impacting people with IDD. COVID-era isolation affects all of us. And for people with special needs, it brings all sorts of particular challenges, many that can't be solved with a Zoom call. We're going to join Gino in a little bit as he makes his rounds. But first, we're going to check in with somebody who's living that reality. KNKX's Jennifer Wing brings us the story of Ivanova Smith. Luckily, I'm, I'm in my own home and I'm safe with my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ivanova Smith lives in Tacoma with her husband, Ian, and her toddler named Alexandra. Ivanova is a graduate from Central Washington University. Today, she works for a University of Washington office that advocates for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Ivanova was diagnosed with her developmental disabilities when she was about five years old. She's one of the more than 100,000 people in Washington state who has an intellectual or developmental disability. Having IDDs comes with some specific physical and emotional vulnerabilities. For example, a recent study out of Syracuse University suggests that IDD people can be more susceptible to pneumonia. Something Ivanova struggles with are sensory issues. As many of us are buying masks online or learning how to sew them so there's always one to grab on the way out to go to the grocery store, for Ivanova, well, she says she can't wear a mask. I actually tried to wear the mask, and I had a hard time breathing, and it was causing a lot of sensory issues. It felt very painful on my face. And so, I, and I tried the handkerchief kind, and it kept falling off, and it still was causing the sensory issue. But, you know, like, I would never say you can't wear a mask. You, you should wear a mask if you want to wear a mask. But please don't force me to. From home, Ivanova continues to fight for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to have the same access to things as neurotypical people. Historically, the IDD community has been isolated. It's really only been in the last 40 years or so that they've gained the right to go to public schools, hold down paying jobs, and for some, to be able to live independently. But Ivanova is worried that this pandemic is rolling back a lot of this. I mean, we have fought decades. The self-advocacy movement here in Washington, we have fought decades to get to live in our communities, go out in our communities, play in our communities, work in our communities. But because of COVID, it feels like all of the progress we made is we're going backwards. And it feels, it's very painful. It's like, it's more traumatic because When do we know we're going to get these back? And now, you know, we don't even know where the end date is. Ivanova is trying to stay in touch with her IDD friends. She says some are feeling very isolated and sad. My friends and I, we try to connect using Zoom. 
and we 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 talk about this stuff and like people talk about the fact that like I lost my job. I worked so hard to get that job and now it's gone forever. Or they're not gonna hire me back or the business is gone. Another aspect of this that a lot of people are not talking about is we're regressing in our skills because we're not being given the opportunities to do things in our community. That makes us like I forget, like, I mean, changing your clothes, getting ready in the morning. Like, what's the point if you're not allowed to go outside? You know, a lot of people are feeling that. And, like, um, a lot of the life skills that, you know, you have to do every day to keep them up. But if you're not being given those opportunities to do those life skills, they're going to they're going to struggle and people are starting to forget people's faces. So like their care provider, their job coach, they're forgetting who they are, especially if they don't have access to the technology and things. Ivanova says even when people do have access to technology, there are still plenty of obstacles. She has facial blindness. She has a really hard time recognizing people over a computer screen. In normal times, she identifies people by the clothes that they wear, by their particular style. This is almost impossible to do over a Zoom call full of human heads in small boxes. Ivanova's two friends, named Mike and Greer, are also finding it difficult to connect from a distance. She says these two have been friends for decades, but they haven't been able to see each other for weeks. When Greer called Mike... He could not recognize her voice. He, he could not remember who she was. But when she came to his house and he was able to see her, then he was able to recognize her, like, oh, it's Greer. And that that's something that people are not thinking about. It's like when you don't check in on people, they may forget you. And that could be a problem for when we go back to, when we transition out of this, there's gonna be relearning to do. That was Ivanova Smith. She's an advocate for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Uh, So Jennifer, you've been talking to state officials about how people with IDD are being affected by the pandemic. What are they telling you? They're trying to gather a lot of information at this point. Uh, Washington State's Developmental Disabilities Administration and an IDD advocacy organization called the Arc of Washington They held three virtual town halls together to answer questions from the IDD community uh, and from caregivers about COVID-19. And people are asking things like, if I have a child who is developmentally disabled, if he gets sick, can I go to the hospital with him so he has someone there uh, who he trusts and knows to explain to him what's happening um, the Arc of Washington says it's getting calls from parents who are trying to get their IDD kids access to special education services remotely. Not an easy thing to do right now. Uh, one elderly caregiver in her 90s, a mom, is worried about what's going to happen to her IDD son, who's in his 70s, who lives with her, if she gets sick with COVID-19. And as we just heard from Ivanova, uh, the IDD community is really, really worried about losing all of the gains it's made to be able to participate in everyday society along neurotypical people. And many IDD folks, they're able to do what they do with the support of small nonprofits and organizations that do things like put together outings to 
a movie theater uh, and teach life skills, really basic stuff from how to wash your hands to more complicated things like how to make a dinner. And I talked to one state official who's really worried about the survival of these care providers who do a lot of this work in keeping IDD folks connected to their communities. She's worried about what's going to happen if these organizations run out of money to operate. Yeah. Well, we're going to spend some time now with somebody who, who works for one of those nonprofits. It's called Sound Health, and they do behavioral health services in Western Washington. Yo. And uh, the guy is Gino Yevjevich. He's the one we met at the very beginning of this episode. Who's your best friend and who loves you most in the world? Gino's driving around in his car doing what he calls his Melissa Outreach. Oh, M- Melissa Outreach. Uh, she has a song, Come to my window. That's why I was. I started joking with that, you know, with that song at the beginning of it. But now I call it Melissa Outreach. Gino's a crisis counselor with Sound Health. He meets with clients with developmental disabilities who are struggling and tries to get to the bottom of it, whether it's a mental health episode or family problems or whatever. And all of these things cannot really be detected on the phone. That's why I'm still outside, going and seeing the person and making the connection. And that is basically what makes my life so beautiful as it is right now. Going out there and meeting people, regardless if they're in crisis or not. Hey, man. Hi. How you been? Good to see you. Okay, that's important. Sorry about interrupting you in collecting the stool sample. But uh, yeah, I just, you know, this is how I'm doing the outreaches because I still want to see you, you know. I still want you to know that I'm around. No matter what, I'll be around. Okay? Gino says early on in the pandemic, he realized the people he works with will need that in-person contact. So he masked up, hopped in his car, and started showing up. They're used to seeing me. I cannot just not see them anymore or call them on the phone. They used to see me. And if they see me from the distance, that's the same thing. You know, because most of the time we don't talk about nuclear physics, you know, we talk about, hey, how you doing? What's up? You know, and then after that, uh, what's really bothering you? A few things to know about Gino. This is not the career he started in. It's at least his third act. Gino is from Bosnia. And if you were from Bosnia in the 80s, you'd probably know him. He was a foppish pop star known as Gino Banana. Then war came. Sarajevo was under siege, and Gino and others spent months dodging bullets and bombs. Gino responded with an audacious act of art. He staged a production of the anti-war musical Hair in the middle of an actual war zone. By the end of that experience, Gino says he was changed. He was peeling, as he put it. Not like a banana, necessarily. More like a snake emerging from its old skin. The new Gino swore off commercial music and morphed into a hard-rocking, politically trenchant punk artist and frontman for the group Culture Shock. After relocating to the Pacific Northwest, Gino began a new chapter. He works with developmentally disabled adults teaching theater. He had such a knack for connecting with the clients that his supervisor, David O'Neill, asked him to join the crisis stabilization team. Gino has 
this warmth that he just exudes, which is, I think, surprising to many because, you know, you don't expect that from somebody who has had any sort of level of fame, right? You, there's often that's a distancing factor. Um, but he is not a socially distant guy. <laughs> David O'Neill says when Gino visits clients with his personality, his tattoos, his gusto, he brings some color to these grayed out days that we're all living in. One of the things that we know about this population is that structure or regimented things are, are great. So if they know that Gino is going to drive by twice a week, you have something to look forward to. These days that sort of blend together that every day is Blur's Day. You know, it's, no, every day has it. Oh, this is the day Gino comes. Come to my window. Outreach. As Gino makes his rounds, delivering medication, checking in with caregivers, he says his clients have been bearing up remarkably well throughout the pandemic. It's pretty much the same as us. I expected way worse. And this is how much we profile against people with developmental disabilities. You know, even me, that I know them for a long time and have a very affirmative opinion about them, actually have a much better opinion about them than about the rest of the population. I expected much, much, much more chaos and much more, I want to go out, I don't care if there is a pandemic or not. No, that was not the case. Gino says it's not all smooth sailing, even in normal times. And things that may have been a setback before are a full-blown crisis now. Example, for instance, just recently, and this is a pandemic example, uh, one of my very young 19-year-old clients got kicked out by his parents outside because they're afraid that they're going to get the coronavirus. I mean, don't get me started. So now he's outside, scared. Corona is running around. The client did eventually find space in a shelter in Redmond. It's a safe place to sleep, but the rest of the day, this client had nowhere to go. Out of desperation, Gino says he called the governor's office. They called me back within a couple of days, which is amazing. I never thought I I did it, you know, as a desperate move saying, "Okay, you have a plan. Let me see your plan. The guy really had a plan. His deputy contacted me and DDA contacted me and we all pretty much saved the kid. Kid is in AFH right now. That's an example how we can all work together and that system actually works. And AFH is an adult family home. And sometimes there's not a plan for a client in crisis. Sometimes the solutions are incredibly complicated or just unworkable in the pandemic. And so Gino keeps up his Melissa outreach. Got to tuck in my beard. Huh. David O'Neill, my friend and director, he he actually told me one truth at the beginning of, of, of my engagement here many, many years ago that, It doesn't matter what you do in that moment, but if you keep showing up every single day telling them that you're on their side and that you are unconditionally going to be there in their life no matter what, uh, that is going to give you great results because it is a human characteristic. It's a human nature to believe if somebody is there all the time with you regardless if that person is telling you stuff that you want to hear or not want to hear. It's assurance that you're not alone in the world. 
For Gino, doing outreach during the pandemic has crystallized how important and fulfilling this work is for him. He says once more, as he did after the Bosnian War, he's emerging from his old skin as something new. I feel like I'm peeling again. I think that this next crisis, that was the first crisis in my life, this next crisis actually made me peel again. I'm peeling again. I, I, I'm kind of sick and tired of myself who I was. I should have done this long time ago in my life. Selfishness. Bam. Gino Yevjevic is a crisis counselor for Sound Health and the lead singer for the band Culture Shock. And we'll leave you with this. In April, he recorded a song, virtually, with the Balkan rock band Dubiosa Collective. It's an old Italian anti-fascist anthem called Bella Ciao, and it was dedicated to friends in Italy and during the pandemic. Una mattina mi son svegliato Oh, bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, 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 una mattina mi son svegliato. This episode was produced by Jennifer Wing and myself. Transmission comes to you from the staff of KNKX, including Posey Gruner and Kevin Kniestead, with help from Kari Plog. Our executive producer is Florangela Davila. We really appreciate your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please keep them coming. And you can send feedback to outreach at knkx.org. I'm Gabriel Spitzer. I'll catch you next time on Transmission. And yeah!